Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to a special edition of the NHL, Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as always, is Slim Cliffy, but you see the other guy on the screen. If you don't recognize him, not many people recognize him anymore. He doesn't really come on too often, but it is our boss, Jay Carey. He is very, very busy behind the scenes, but he is gracing us with his presence. How are you doing today, boys? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's nice to see you guys. I've been watching every show so far this year, and uh, you guys have been crushing it, so appreciate you letting me on to come and, and ruin one uh, on the days with uh, on the day with the biggest contest that we've seen in a long, long time. Very excited. How are you doing today, Cliffy? Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this slate as well. Um, Really, uh, a couple really nice contests over on DraftKings here tonight. I think the 444 uh, on FanDuel is even doubled from it normally is. I don't play on FanDuel very often. But, um, yeah, lots of real nice contests tonight. Lots of games to pick from. Um, pretty excited to just kind of dig in and uh, see what Jake has to say because uh, he's the one we look to for the nuts day in and day out. No, yeah, no, other way, other way around, other way around. <laughs> And, you know, we have a three-man screen on here, and holy crap, do I have a big head. That, <laughs> I just have a giant melon. But anyway, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We have a nice promo coming up for you later. Uh, and before we get into the show, just remember to give us a like and subscribe. All you NBA guys in here, all you NFL guys in here, no NBA tonight. So give us a like and subscribe. Most of you guys are probably subscribed to the channel already, but... If you, if you aren't, please hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button uh, to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form, except for the live before locks, because there's no shelf life on those, really, and is available on the platform of your choice. Help us out by giving a five-star review. Uh, before we get into the, you know, the slate here... Uh, Cliffy, how'd you, how was your weekend? You do, do you all right in DFS? Uh, no, I got cleaned out <laughs> on Saturday. Um, 
Didn't do too well yesterday in the old uh, in three gamer. I didn't go with Washington. Um, Strom and Kuznetsov uh, had pretty good games, so I uh, really needed those guys last night. A couple big defense performances as well. Eric Gustafson, uh, I think, hit the point bonus on DraftKings. I think Noah Hannafin for Calgary had the the old combo meal, uh, the shots and the block bonus for the Flames. So. Uh, needed a couple right defensemen as well. There was uh, probably more than one path to first place, but uh, I found the path to about a hundredth. Jake, how, how are those razor thin margins on 150 max street? Yeah. Yeah. Razor thin margins. So that's a, uh, that's a reference to, we were, I was just, someone mentioned that they, you know, they were wondering if they should change up their strategy. I can't remember who it was in the discord. And I was just saying that, that yeah, it's, there's razor thin margins. Like, uh, the season's been going okay. I think I'm, I'm a little bit negative for the season. Uh, last weekend, I mean, I've had a few sweats recently, so I feel like I'm on kind of the right track. Um, but you know, when you do get up there, if you're playing the, the $15 or $20 tonight on DK, the $4 on FanDuel, whatever it is, uh, you really have to make those top 1%, those top 0.5% finishes count. Otherwise, you know, you're going to getting seconds. Great. Like 5k or whatever. Uh, tonight it's a little bit flatter on DK, but you really gotta, you really gotta bank. So you gotta be in it for the long haul and, uh, a couple things go your way instead of getting second or third, you get first a couple of times, all of a sudden you're looking at, uh, an amazing season rather than just an okay one. Yeah. I mean the same, I guess, like I'm a single entry player, but the same could be said, like, MME, you have to win a couple times. Single entry, you win once or twice, kind of makes your season. But, yeah, it is razor thin no matter what you're playing. Uh, hopefully, you know, this is one of the bigger NHL nights of the season. So, hopefully, we all can win some money. But that's not always how it goes. But let's get into the 11-game slate tonight. Uh, it is a big slate. There are some big totals. For me, the good news is there's no Chicago one who is over, always over-owned, and I never know what to do with them. Timo Myers on the slate. The Sharks are on, on the slate. Like, so we don't have to get sharked at three in the morning. Although we do have a very spicy late hammer game tonight. Um, but let's, let's get into this slate. The first game of the night, we have the Arizona Coyotes with a 2.8 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.9. If I'm not mistaken, that is the biggest total of the night. Buffalo switched up their lines though. And it is kind of a mess. Uh, Casey Middlestad's on the top line with Tage Thompson and J.J. Paterka. Second line of Jeff Skinner, Dylan Cousins, and Alex Tuck. And then Victor Olsen down on that third line. Now, the problem with that is the power play correlation is a mess. That being said, the Coyotes' penalty kill is really bad. The Coyotes defensively are not a great team. They're not the worst defensive team we've ever seen. I'm kind of hoping that Carol uh, Vichmelka is a net for the Coyotes, but Cliffy, what are you doing with these new Sabre lines tonight? Yeah, I will say it is Vimelka starting. Um, that came down right before we came on the air. So uh, that's a good start for anyone that wants to fade Buffalo. Uh, like, I want to start with that top line. Like, <laughs> I don't get Buffalo's uh, love of Casey Middlestat. I really don't. Like, he just hasn't done much at any point of his NHL career. Um, so far this season, he has one point at even strength. He's one of the biggest drags uh, on expected goals impacts that they have. Um, and then they just shoot him right to the top line with Tage Thompson. Um, 
if you look at uh, Thompson's numbers over the last couple seasons, whenever he's not playing with J- with Jeff Skinner, like the goal scoring is still good, but it goes down quite a bit. Like it goes down over 20%. Um, and the expected goals uh, goes down similarly. So like where Tage is really expensive uh, on DK and FanDuel, like FanDuel is approaching almost $10,000. Like that's, you know, that's usually reserved for guys like Stamkos uh, and Kucherov and McDavid and all those guys. Like having him in that tier, I know it's against Arizona, but having him in that tier with Casey Middlestat and a rookie and J.J. Paterka on his wing, like I think there's enough reason to get away from, uh, you know, at least that Buffalo uh, top line. I think the real question comes with that Buffalo second line of Skinner, Cousins, and Tuck because Cousins – I sneakily played pretty well over the last couple of years. It's just, he's been normally charged with more uh, defensive responsibilities playing with the likes of like Kyle Poso or Rasmus Asplund or once in a while with Alex Tuck, but this is probably um, his best chance at offensive success and Tuck and Skinner, both good offensive players. The only problem is, is they're coming in with a ton of ownership that Buffalo second line coming in 13% by our top stacks tool uh, compared to a 7% top two stack percentage. Um, like you said, the power power play correlation isn't great, um, considering, you know, Kyle Poso, you know, down on the fourth line, Tage on the top line. Um, the Buffalo second line, Cousins and Skinner typically do play pretty well offensively together. Um, so, like, I don't have a problem in a nutshell playing that line. It's just, do they come in? you know, 15% plus ownership on an 11 game slate. Um, we've seen a lot, you know, we have seen teams blow uh, doubt or Arizona, sorry, out of the water, but we've also seen teams really falter against them kind of in a letdown situation. Right. So uh, I think if anything on the Buffalo side, it would definitely be that second line. Um, you know, I don't mind if you want to take a, a, a shot at a power play stack, Arizona does take penalties that are at an above average rate. So if you want to throw in Tage instead of Cousins, you know, try to cut, kind of dilute the ownership a little bit. I think that's fine. It, Buffalo 2 is, is in a good spot here uh, against the Coyotes. It's just I really, really worry about ownership. Um, I think there are reasons to stay away from them here tonight. Like, you know, if Arizona just gets out to a one nothing lead, do these new Buffalo lines last longer than 20 minutes, right? Um, that's another concern that we have. Do they just go back to what's familiar? So... Again, no problem with Buffalo, too. Um, I just think the ownership is a little bit high. Um, I, I think, you know, if you're single entering um, in either of the big contests on, on DK tonight or, you know, three maxing or something, I think there's definitely reason to fade them. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I'm running through like a preliminary crunch here, just finishing up. Like, I don't have a ton of – like, I thought I was going to have more of that second line, I guess is how I should put it. I have them circled on my sheet. It looks like they're getting a lot of ownership, um, but just based on what I'm ranking out for, you know, these cheap like filler lines like this, I guess it's more of a mid-tier line of talk being 6,700. Um, they're popular and you pair them with like the other popular lines of the night. I'm just not going to get to it that often. So I that Buffalo 2 is my first read, but looking at the ownership here, like a near four total on a line with, what is that, like four or 5%? total ownership on line one. I know, I know it's middle set, but uh, maybe looking more towards Buffalo one here. If, if we're right on this ownership discrepancy, I think Tage will be maybe the highest owned player on Buffalo when it's all said and done. 
but I think we're, we're on to the, the Buffalo two being a higher on stack with the wingers being on power play one uh, on that second line. So I'm fine with Buffalo. Um, although I don't think I'm going to be super heavy, uh, super heavy on anything there based on this ownership. Yeah. And this is the highest total of the night. And I just don't have much interest in using Buffalo in single entry. I think if you are considering Buffalo, I think I, I just have a hard time believing that Casey Middlestad, Tage Thompson and JJ Paterka are going to be together in the third period of a close game. If this game is close, like the things you have to think about, like Tage Thompson plays a lot with Jeff Skinner. And then Rasmus Dahlin's back at, at 8K. So, like, if you are going to play Buffalo, I think, you you know, whether the ownership is high or not, you may get, like, a Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Rasmus Dahlin three-man at a little bit lower combined ownership, you know, because not many people are going to – not as many people will have that three-man combo. Like, I don't mind that just because you're going to get a uh, fair correlation on the power play there. So, you know, I, I just – you know, sometimes these NHL coaches galaxy brain themselves and, you know, we'll get to other games with some weird line changes as well. I just I just feel like if the game gets off to a rough start, they're just going to go back to what they know. And you may just, you know, I think it's a, like stacking old Buffalo one could be, you know, a way to get a different combo. Either you guys, Jake, I'll ask you first because you you crunch 150. Well, you crunch like 12,000 and, and then like, you know, break it down. But um do you have any Arizona coming up? No, uh, <laughs> I have them. I have them crossed off right now, which you know I don't cross off a ton of teams. But so kind of going back to Buffalo, Cliff, you mentioned if they get down or if they get down one zero, and maybe it's not looking good the first ten minutes. Talking about Buffalo, uh, which is I mean it happens all the time with these huge favorites in NHL DFS. If you're new, uh, it's it's highly variant. Like if that happens, your Buffalo stacks are dead. That happens all the time with Arizona and they suck and we don't have a lot of data on their line. So it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a mess on an 11 game slate, 22 teams. Like I, I think I'm out on Arizona, the forwards, I will say I don't do this line of construction a lot, but you know, if you have one off fours, I know our buddy Saul Goodman's watching, trying to get me kicked off the show already. And rightfully so uh, Clayton Keller one off 4,600. That's a pretty good price for, like, this is probably one of the higher uh, road totals that Arizona's going to have all season. You just never know where the scoring is going to come from. And their beats don't give you a lot of information. So a lot of factors uh, just pointing me to, to being out on Arizona pretty much entirely. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure Cliffy is also out on, on yeah, Arizona. I was, I was going to say, you can probably just skip me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm probably the same way. Um, you know, it, until Nick Schmaltz come back, I, comes back, I have a real hard time stacking anything on Arizona. Yeah, so let's let's move to the blue line here on the the Yote side. There just isn't much there, I guess. Like, if you want a contrarian like power play quarterback, you could play JJ Moser or Shane Gossespierre. They're just a little bit pricey for you know the possibility of them not scoring. You know what I mean? On the on the Buffalo side, Rasmus Dahlin, AK is back. Like the price is justified. He is coming off either an illness or a, a minor injury. But uh, when he was out, Owen Power played a ton of minutes. He's back. I kind of worry a little bit about Owen Power's minutes, but 3,200 is a fair price. What do you, what do you see in Cliffy? Yeah, um, 
I kind of wanted to mention J.J. Moser because he had been playing a lot more minutes of late, like most uh, on the Arizona blue line. But, man, 4500 on DK, 5200 on FanDuel. That just feels like a lot to pay for, you know, the non-Shane Gostas pair defenseman on the Arizona blue line. Like, you really need more than just a, a couple shots and a block bonus or something to get the value. So, um, there really isn't a lot I like for defensemen in this game, actually. Um I think Owen Power's fine just because of the high total. Um, just be aware that he's not really shooting or blocking a lot of shots. Like, you're really relying on him on getting goals and assists. So, um, you know, if he stays off the score sheet, that'll, that could just be a bagel in your lineup, even in such a, you know, what is such a uh, good spot for the Sabres. Yeah. I mean, Jake doesn't really know his defenseman because he just play, he, he just plays everyone, right? Am I right, Jake? Yeah. I think power is an interesting one just because I, I so I do doing the projections on the site today. I do most days. I, I don't really know how to project him. He has played well when he's gotten the minutes. Uh, I think I have him for about like 20 minutes. So if he's there, even on secondary power play time, 3,200, that's fine as a one-off. But yeah, I think we're, we're good on this game. Yep. So let's move on to the next one. We have the Vegas Golden Knights with a 3.2 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 3.3 total uh, confirmed Eric Calgren for the Leafs, who actually looked pretty good on Sunday night against the Hurricanes. Logan Thompson probable for the Golden Knights. Now, the Leafs made some line changes, moving Kerfoot up to the top line with Matthews and Marner. That just screams horrible. Like, Matthews and Marner have great numbers together, but Kerfoot drags down every line. Uh, Nicholas Robertson moving up to the second line with Tavares and Nylander. The good news about that line is... Alex Kerfoot is not on it. Um, Michael Bunting dropping down to the third line. Now on the Vegas side, um, that third, that top line of Stevenson, Eichel Stone has played very well recently. As Cliff, you mentioned in our Discord, um, you know they've kind of had some soft scheduling recently. Now they're getting the Toronto third string goalie. But they're probably going to get the Matthews matchup with Kerfoot there. I don't know if I'll get to them one to three. I kind of like. Both second lines more in this game. Jake, what do you, how, how are you breaking down this game? Yeah, so I, I, we don't have a ton of data for uh, Kerfoot, Matthews, and Marner. So I do want to hear what Cliffy has to say about them. I know he's not a big Kerfoot fan, but, you know, is he a big enough, is he going to drop that line off enough for them to make it where you don't want to play Matthews as much? Uh, yeah, I mean, least power play here is fine. I think either the top two lines, Five on five are good. Do what you want with Kerfoot. If he's going to be seven, eight, nine percent, uh, throw in Nylander instead. We've got him projected or Tavares projected at two and one percent uh, ownership. If you look at our ownership projections, so I think Leafs power play is probably my favorite on the Leafs side. And then I can't really decide between Vegas one and Vegas two. I guess since you don't have to play against Matthews, at least my read on the game is that. Uh, Vegas two won't have to play against Matthews as much. We got it as Matthews versus Eichel for the most part. Although the Leafs are a really hard match. Uh, Vegas two is probably my preferred stack on the Vegas side, but I do want to hear what, what Cliffy has to say. Yeah, um, for anybody that's kind of new to the show, we always pretty much just kind of dump <laughs> on Alex Kerfoot. Just it doesn't really seem like he's bringing a ton um, to the lineup you know, whether he's on the first line, whether he's on the second line, it doesn't really matter. Um, the thing is, is like, 
that that Toronto top line is pretty dominant regardless of who's on their wing. Like I was looking at their numbers without any of the other top three forwards, and that would be uh, Tavares, Nylander, um, and Michael Bunting. Like they're still controlling 60% of the expected goals, um, you know, 2.7 expected goals for, but that's kind of the one thing is that I want to mention is that Kerfoot's not really that good offensively. He's a little bit, he's better defensively than he is offensively. So I'm not sure how much he can help uh, Toronto's top line, um, you know, generate offense. They haven't really had that problem. The problem of generating offense this year is just finishing, um, you know, Matthews Marner, um, you know, Tavares has been pretty good on the power play, but there are a lot of Toronto players just struggling just actually finishing. Now, usually that's a small sample problem. Um, we're still, you know, only a month into the season. Um, it should, you know, work itself out. It's just, is it going to work itself out, you know, with her foot on the wing, seeing as he's a guy that, you know, is primarily a, a defensive um, type of forward. The point about Vegas one that we mentioned in the Discord is that soft schedule that they played of late. Um, they were at home to Toronto a while back. In the six games since, San Jose, Anaheim, went Winnipeg, Washington, Ottawa, Montreal, like there may not be a playoff team in there by the end of the season. Like, and I think that might be skewing um, Vegas's line numbers to look, you know, considerably better than what they're going to look like after, you know, maybe the next 10 games or something like that. Um, by the same token, um, that Vegas top line, I think, you know, Eichel and, and Stone were good together last year as well. So I think, you know, we'd still expect them to be very good together. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can actually finish. I don't mind um, playing some Vegas one here tonight. Um, I know um, going into that Matthews uh, matchup isn't great, but their defensive numbers this season have been about league average, right? Like typically they're a lot better than that, believe it or not. Um, some Leafs fans may not. Um, but they've been about league average so far this season and like league average against this Vegas top line is probably not going to be good enough. So um, I think Vegas one is absolutely uh, in consideration um, here tonight. You know, if you want to save some money and drop down to Vegas too, they've been playing extremely uh, well. Also, you know, Jonathan Marshall still shooting a ton. Riley Smith, uh, very good uh, creating scoring chances for both himself and his line mates. But um, that Vegas top line has just been excellent. Um, you know, I, we talk about it every show Vegas has been on lately. Um, Jack Eichel added like three minutes to his ice time once Mark Stone joined, joined his line. So there's a big difference between playing 19 to 20 minutes and 16 to 17. Um, you know, the price kind of reflects that. But it, it, I just think it's not necessarily a terrible matchup the way this Toronto top line is playing defensively, at least so far this season. You know, maybe Kerfoot can help. But if he's not helping them offensively, it kind of offsets what he can do for them defensively, right? So I don't mind Vegas one here. Um, I think they're perfectly fine to use. On the Toronto side, like, I, I would probably just go right to their top line as well. Like, I think I'd just use one or the other top line here tonight. If you want to drop down to the second line, I think that's fine as well. Um, one of the problems is, is Vegas is one of the least penalized teams in the NHL this year only 2.3 times shorthanded per game um, that's over a full uh, power play less per game that they're giving to the opponent than the league average um, and John Tavares a lot of his value this season has been derived from the power play it hasn't been from his even strength play so 
Um, I think that's why I would kind of be out on the Toronto second line and I'd be more in on what should be a much better five on five line in Toronto one of uh, Matthews, Marner and Kerfoot. Before we get to the blue line, I see we have a $20 super chat from uh, Clayton. Thank you very much. Says uh, won my first tournament Saturday night. Thanks a ton to you guys, the tools and discord chat gang. Yeah. Uh, Cliffy and I have always talked about and Jake have always talked about how important the discord is. But again, you're the one clicking in the players. So congrats to you. That was an awesome lineup. And remember, awesome tools are always behind you. Into the blue line. Um, not much really sticking out here. Like, I guess like Timothy Lilligren at min price is okay. Morgan Riley, if you're doing anything with the power play. But as Cliffy just mentioned, that power play, you know, Vegas doesn't take too many penalties but morgan riley at 5k like that price is okay justin hole not too bad at 3600 either i'm just not super excited about anything on either of these blue lines uh jake yeah maybe some petrangelo jake yeah i mean petrangelo probably more of a correlation play at that price um so maybe if you're using fancy cruncher you say if i'm playing petrangelo you, you have to play someone on the top power play for vegas just because uh, if he gets there, uh, it's probably, I mean, it might be through, you know, a couple of goals, but it's probably through assists or maybe some power play success for the Knights. And he goes better with the top line. Uh, you can one off him if, if you'd like, but there's so many good expensive defensemen. We already talked about Rasmus Dahlin, who's been awesome this season. We'll talk about, uh, my boy a little bit later. Um, so 6,900, a little bit expensive for one off. I like Shea Theodore for 5,400. His price hasn't really come up. He hasn't really had a ton of huge games, but he's a guy who always shoots pretty high individual Corsi four per 60. Uh, he's just one of my favorite guys, especially when he's not listed on the top power play. I think that keeps his ownership pretty low here. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, anything to add, Clovey? Yeah, I, I don't think this is necessarily a game where I'm, I'm running out for my defenseman. One thing I noticed is the Vegas defensemen as a whole are shooting way, way less than they were last year. Um, last year, Vegas had five defensemen attempting at least 11 shots every 60 minutes. This year, they have none. Um, we saw Toronto go through the same thing a couple of years ago where their defensemen basically stopped shooting and started, you know, looking for more passes, deferring to the forwards. So one thing I worry about with somebody like Alex Pietrangelo, who really kind of thrives on peripherals, is really getting enough shots as a, as a floor. And the prices aren't that cheap here. So honestly, 
unless I'm correlating with a line like um, Riley with Toronto one or, or Theodore with Vegas or something like that, I think I'm probably looking elsewhere for my blue liners. Fair enough. So let's move on to the next game. It is our first circus of the night. We have the Vancouver Canucks with a 3.3 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.5 total. Spencer Martin for the Canucks. Cam Talbot for the Senators. Uh, Brock Besser is back tonight. He is going to go on to the top line with Tanner Pearson and JT Miller. Second line remains the same as with Elias Pettersson, Andre Kuzmenko, and Ilya Mikheyev. That drops Bo Horvat to the third line with Connor Garland and Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, on the Senators' side, the Shane Pinto top line experiment has ended. The top line is now Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, Claude Giroux. Second line, Alex Brinkett, Derek Broussard, Drake Batherson. Now, Ottawa's get, top two lines are getting similar ownership here. Vancouver, really, that Pedersen line is the only one receiving ownership, and they're getting close to double digits here. But they are easily their best line. Five on five. Now, going back to last year, JT Miller, Brock Besser, Tanner Pearson had some good numbers together. Now, this is a three-wing line on DraftKings, which could be a bit tricky. Cliffy, um, are you still going back to Pedersen here? Or are you going to you take a couple stabs on the Besser line? I, I think it would be going back to Pedersen. Like, the the don't get me wrong, the, the ownership is an issue, um, seeing them, you know, float around 10% on DraftKings. The problem is for me is Vancouver. We talk about it. I don't think we've talked about it that much this year, but we certainly did last year. They're power play reliant uh, for their production. Like, especially somebody like JT Miller. Um, they really need the power play um, for uh, their upside. And Brock Besser's back, but I'm not sure he's going to be back on the top power play unit. Um, Kuzmenko has looked really good for Vancouver on that top unit. Um, he's starting to finish, um, which was a problem, you know, through the team's first six or seven games of the season. Um, so I, like, I, that's why I kind of, I, I don't mind Miller, Besser and Pearson, uh, especially where they're relatively cheap price. I think you can kind of just leave off Pearson if you want, um, you know, where the prices are, are fine. I think they're okay to use, especially if you're going to be going in, uh, to that matchup against Ottawa because Ottawa sends out the Shane Pinto line, their third line quite often against top competition. Um, and they haven't really been great this year um, underwater by expected goal share. So I don't mind going to Miller and Besser as like a two man or something like that, but it would be Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Mikheyev. Um, I, you know, I know they have to try different things, but I can't imagine the solution is Derek Broussard as your second line center uh, in the year 2022. Um, he is shooting a lot, but his defensive uh, numbers do not look good at all. Uh, and Debrinkat is not really a great defensive winger anyway. So, um, yeah, it would be Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Mikheyev that I like the best on the Vancouver side. You know, you can leave off Mikheyev if you just want a power play stack or something for Vancouver. But what I like most in this game is that Stutzla, Kachuk, Giroux line. I wrote it up. I wrote up uh, Brady Kachuk uh, in the power plays article. Uh, over on stochastic.com, free to read. So uh, head on over to Stochastic, the NHL section. Um, there should be an article there covering some DFS picks for both DraftKings and FanDuel today. Um, I wrote that going back to March of last year, um, which is um, about when Stutzla and Kachuk started playing a bit more together. Um, they have 160 minutes together, uh, generating 3.8 expected goals and 4.8 actual goals per 60 minutes. And their numbers are pretty similar with and without Drake Batherson. So, like, 
Drake Batherson's actually been shooting a lot this year, um, which has helped his numbers and the, and the Lions numbers, especially Kachuk's assist totals. Um, I think he has 11 assists or something already this season. It's just like bonkers. Like he's definitely not a guy that usually racks up that many helpers. Um, but I, I can't imagine like Claude Giroux is going to hurt them at all. And the way Ottawa runs their lines is um, that Stutz of Kachuk Giroux line is going to see a lot of third and fourth line uh, uh, ice time against uh, Vancouver. And they're going to start, you know, see those second and third pairs quite a bit. So uh, Vancouver, or Vancouver, Ottawa once, sorry, is actually one of my uh, favorite lines on the night, especially where Vancouver's penalty kill has looked pretty bad. Like, I know the goaltending has a lot to do with it. The uh, penalty kill save percentage for Vancouver this year is 7-11, which feels almost unfathomable uh, for a Always full- open. <laughs> That's a good joke. Uh, for for a, a month of, of on the penalty kill, but um, until, you know, they start showing uh, that they can improve from that, I definitely want to get some pieces against the Vancouver penalty kill. So it's Stutz, look at Chuck. Giroux that I like best. And one final thing I noted is that um, Kachuk has started to play both power play units, kind of like Alex Ovechkin does uh, in Washington, Connor McDavid does in Edmonton. So um, even though Giroux does get secondary power play minutes, Kachuk correlates with both of them on the power play, which is nice. Yeah. And um, how, like, I would imagine maybe Jake, you might have some of that JT Besser Pearson line. How do you, account for you know three wings there is is that going to deter you at all yeah um, i mean that kind of makes me want to try to force them in somewhere i mean what you could do with that is you just go you're not going to come up with them organically if you're running three threes because i don't think we have any double center even strength lines so you're gonna have to include power plays uh on your other stack you can lock them in what i'll probably do is uh just set aside a few lineups uh lock them in see what they pair well with um, you know, you've got some double center situations that look good. You can go with the Rangers guys, uh, Zbanejad, Trocek, both centers, uh, and then take another power play one winger. Same thing with Edmonton. So, I mean, there's ways you can do it, uh, but we're showing really low ownership. That was the line that I was going to point out. I mean, I love the Kuzmenko, Pedersen, Mikheyev line as well, but that's kind of where the ownership's at. So if you can get a 1% uh, line that has a good sample, guys that will get all get power play time in some fashion, even, even if Besser's not on the top unit, it's going to be on one of them. Uh, I mean, that line has a good sample going back to last season. So if Besser's healthy, uh, 3.3 total at 1%. I'm in on, on that, especially if it's the triple winger situation. Yeah, and the one thing I'll add, I know Bo Horvat's on the third line here, and he's 7,400. But going back to the end of last season, only two players in the NHL, I think it was like, I forget what month of last year, but like only two players have scored more goals than him in that time span, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. And like the, the senators are not world beaters defensively. They have their own issues on the PK. I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to say like, Oh, just run out and one off a third line, $7,400 player. But I think getting Bo Horvat at very low ownership here tonight is a, is a nice sneaky option, but let's, let's move on to the blue lines here. I think for me, it's going to be the, the three power play quarterbacks, Quinn Hughes for the, for the Canucks. And then Tomas Shabbat is the expensive one for the senators. And Jake Sanderson is the punt at 3,100 on DraftKings, still on power play one for the Sens. Anyone else interesting you, Jake? 
Uh, no, it's, it's a power play one, guys. I think on both sides. Uh, let me check to see if I got to any Hamannik. Sometimes he's a guy that, that comes up just because of his lock rate. Uh, but I'm not seeing him in any of my lineups on FC. So uh, he'd be fine for, for like a blocks bonus guy. I think this game is going to be a high paced, but there's probably some options that are equally as good for 3K. And I never really go all in on a 3K defenseman. Yeah. Cliffy? Uh, usually, uh, people new to the show, usually when I trash somebody, they go on to uh, have a pretty big fantasy night. So take this with a grain of salt. Uh, I'm wondering if people are going to play Jacob Bernard Docker uh, on the top pair with Thomas Shabbat for Ottawa. He's supposed to be one of their top prospects, but he's really a defense first defenseman. Um, he has 10 points in 66 AHL games. Um, he's averaging one shot per game this season. He was like 1.1 shots per game last season. Like, uh, unless he blocks a ton of shots, I don't know if he's going to really do a lot in fantasy. So um, I wouldn't get sucked in by him playing on the top pair, quote unquote, uh, for Ottawa. Um, I think the guy most interesting to me might be Ethan Bear. Um, he's a little bit expensive on DK at 3,500, but 3,500 on FanDuel. He's been playing 20 plus minutes since he got to Vancouver. So uh, if you need a punt type defenseman, uh, like super punt defenseman on FanDuel. I don't mind Bear. Yeah, I, I like Bear as well. But the problem was he was min price on DraftKings for the first few games. Now he's up to 3,500. And for 3,500, you probably can – I'd rather just play Sanderson for 400 or less. Fair enough. Anyway, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by BetMGM. And you can get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $1,000 risk-free bet when you sign up. Make a deposit and make your first paid wager at MGM. How do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. You have to create a free Stochastic membership using the form below. Most of you guys probably have a Stochastic membership already. So if you do, you just log in on Stochastic.com. Then you click the large BetMGM button that appears. It looks like the Lannister flag. Um, you can't miss it. Then complete the necessary steps with BetMGM. And then you create a BetMGM sportsbook account, which is very easy. You can deposit at least $10, right? You get a $1,000 risk-free bet if you deposit and bet the $1,000. You can do it for as low as $10. Then you make your first paid bet. It has to be money line or a prop bet, which is easy. And once your bet settles, you, you qualify for the Stochastic subscription. And you get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum for as low as $10. That is easily one of the best deals I've ever read, if not the best deal I've ever read on this channel. Uh, there are a lot of you in this chat. I would imagine, you know, BetMGM is not available in all 50 states, but if you are in a state uh, that it is available, I urge you to do this because you can get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum for a $10 bet. And if you lose the bet, BetMGM will give you the $10 back. So you're basically getting two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum for free. So sign up. We'll get into that. Bet the, uh, bet the big dog plus money prop of the night. Kyle Connor over three and a half shots. Do that. Sign up. Win, 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 win for everybody. So let's move on to the next game of the night. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We have the Calgary Flames with a 3.1 total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 3.6 total. Calgary played last night. They lost to the Islanders in Long Island. Uh, the drive from Long Island to New Jersey isn't very long, but it sucks. Dan Vladash probably in net for the Flames. Vitek Vanacek probably in net for the Devils as Mackenzie Blackwood is out long term. You know, the Flames played last night. They lost. They had a lot of shots on goal, didn't convert. Uh, they actually did score three on um, Elias Sorokin, which is a nice feat. I would imagine they'll go with the same lines here tonight. On the devil side, it uh, looks like Tatar, Heischer, Zetterland, Halla, Hughes, Bratt, and then Sharon Govich, Mercer, Bockquist. I think the only line that really piques my interest here is the Hughes-Bratt combo here. If you want to go back to Flames 1 and MME, that is fine. Uh, Cliffy. Do you have any interest in Heischer, or are you just going back to Hughes Brat here? Uh, I do have interest in some interest in Heischer, and it's for this reason: is that Fabian Zetterlin looks like he may have jumped to the top power play unit. Um, he was mixing in on the power play in practice in place of Nathan Bastian, um, and I think he got some power play time there in their last game as well. So, you know, were you able to get two out of three guys on a power play unit? and the Flames are the third most penalized team uh, in hockey, I think there's definitely a uh, reason to play uh, Hischer uh, in Zetterlin uh, at the very least uh, on that New Jersey top line. But the thing is, is like both New Jersey 1 and New Jersey 2, at least um, by our top stacks, are coming in a little bit uh, over-owned, like not a lot, definitely not anywhere near enough uh, to get me away from them. Um so, at, you know, considering that, I would probably just play the hughes brat hollow line, um, seeing as that we do have a bigger sample, at least of Hughes and Brat playing together. Um, they're coming in with almost no ownership on FanDuel either because the prices are uh, a little bit more expensive. Um, but Hughes was a guy that I wrote up uh, in the Power Plays article today as well, free to read, over uh, on stochastic.com. Um, that uh, trio has been very, very good. Uh, for uh, um, New Jersey so far this season. Um, Jack Hughes, his, you know, he's at a point per game, which is good. He's also at 4.4 shots per game, I believe, um, as his shot rate at five on five uh, and on the power play have both increased. The problem is, is that he's shooting 5% at five on five. Like once uh, his percentages turn around, he'll be uh, well over um, a point per game player. Um, and, you know, Jesper Bratt has been excellent as well. What's drawing me to that line more than anything is the way New Jersey uh, runs their lines when they're at home. Um, they'll send out the Hishier line out against Lindholm and Foley and Huberto. 
Um, they've been uh, pretty snake bit offensively this year, but they've also been pretty good defensively, which is a hallmark of this Flames team. Everywhere except the second line, where Kadri, Mangiapane, Huberto, three expected goals against per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. That's well below average. Um, I believe they're at about 3.7. Um, uh, sorry, 2.7 expect our goals against because the goaltending has actually been decent behind them. Um, but they are trading a lot of chances. And if you're going to trade chances with Hughes and Brat, um, you know, a line that's generating well over three goals per 60 minutes going back to last year in a huge sample, um, I'll take my chances with the home team uh, that's not playing a back-to-back on the road. So Hughes, Brat, um, throw in Hollow if you want, because he's pretty cheap and he's actually shooting a fair bit at five on five. I mean, this line just generates so many shots that he's got to shoot eventually. Um, so I, I, you know, I think there are cases to be made for both the top New Jersey lines, um, but where I'm getting such a better in-game matchup against the Calgary second line, I think I would take Hughes, Brat, and Halla. What do you think about about, uh, about the matchup, Jake? I was going to ask you what you thought about Halla, just as like a, a real hockey guy uh, with Hughes and Brat. Because, I mean, we love Hughes and Brat. We talk about them in Discord all the time. You were early on them, uh, early on Hughes specifically last year in this combo. Uh, the numbers with Halla in a smallish sample are good, but not like lighting the world on fire. Um, but if they're going to get that Kadri, Dubay, Mangiapani line, even you know half the time they're out on the ice, I think that's a great matchup for them. So I love them. It sounds like you're okay with including Halla in the stack for 3,100, shooting maybe a little bit more than what he has for his career and more of a defensive role when he's been with Boston and Vegas and Minnesota at times in years past. Um, so I really like it. Uh, I, I do like some NJ one as well. I'm, I think I'm kind of out on the flames tonight, even though it's a 3.1 total. If I was to go to, to a line um, significantly, it would be that, that Kadri line, just hope for a high paced matchup back and forth. Cause that's kind of what they've done all season. But um yeah, New Jersey for me here. Yeah, I like I don't, I'm not huge on stacking teams back to back on the road, which the Flames are. Ownership on that top line's okay. Like Huberto has not really got accustomed to playing for the Flames yet. It seems like as Cliff you said, they're a little bit snake bit, but like two three percent. If you're one fifteen, I think you can take a, a stab or two there. It's not like like the the Devils goaltending has been better of late, but it's still not great. And if if you know Lindholm to Foley, Huberdeau get some positive shooting regression here with you know the Devils goaltending, it could be a high scoring night. And the the total reflects that three point one on the road back to back is a significant total, but. We'll see. The one thing I will say about Calgary one is I think we've been undershooting their ownership a little bit um, because they project, uh, they projected really well in other slates tonight. It's, it looks like they're right around like the two X value, just eyeballing it here in the lineup builder. Um, and that's going to be good enough to become a, a filler stack. So they may be a little bit more popular than what we're showing right now. That'd just be something to, to look out for um, because I've found myself manually upping my ownership projection for them starting with with our ownership just to to make sure i'm accounting for them as as a popular filler when i'm ranking out my lineups for sure good thing to note there moving to the blue line um i think the guy that sticks out on the flame side is noah hannafin uh especially if you know chris tanev is still out again hannafin's been playing big minutes he's been getting you know 
peripherals. He is getting a bit more expensive now, 4,200. I still think he's fine there. On the devil side, if you're not using Dougie Hamilton in the power play role, I think the two guys for me would be Ryan Graves, John Marino. Anything else that you, interests you, Cliffy? Uh, I will mention Mackenzie Weger. Like, I think him and Hannafin are coming in with a, quite a bit of ownership, which kind of surprised me, surprises me, but I guess the prices are fine. Uh, but Weger has been playing a lot more with Chris Tanev out of the lineup, and that's that was Weger's problem through the team's first, like, nine games or whatever it was. They had a pretty full blue line, and his ice time had declined significantly uh, since coming over from Florida. But now that Chris Tanev is out, they're playing Weger a lot more, so – even if he is nine ten percent, I think he's fine in that mid range, uh, you know, in that mid range pricing. So um, he's probably the guy I would look to in this game on Calgary side. On the New Jersey side, it's probably Ryan Graves. Um, seems like I'm playing him like every slate that he's out, but when he gets minutes, he can put up good peripherals, and he's still not expensive, and he's playing twenty one plus minutes over his last five games. So don't mind Graves uh, on the on the Devil side. I like the Weger call a lot. I'm with that for sure. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's another one that's well over a two X value right now. So as a mid tier defenseman, he's not power play one, but he's one of my favorite one offs in that range on DK. Yeah. So let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the New York Islanders with a 2.6 total heading into the garden. My New York Rangers have a 3.4 total Islanders are back to back on the road. Uh, Sorokin started last night which was a bit surprising because Sorokin shut out the Rangers the last time he faced them. It's probably going to be Semyon Verlamov for the Islanders, Igor Shosturkin for the Rangers. Uh, Gerard Gallant has gone full galaxy brain. Uh, the Rangers have new lines. It is Artemi Panarin with Mika Zibanejan and Capo Kako, second line of Jimmy Vesey, Vincent Trocek, and Alexis Lafreniere, moving Chris Kreider down to the third line with Philip Hedl and Vitaly Kravtsov. Would imagine it's going to be the same lines for the Islanders tonight. Now, historically, Panarin and Zibanejan have not played great together five on five. They do play good together on the power play. Islanders don't take too many penalties. So, Jake, how are you handling these Rangers' new lines tonight? Yeah, these are a total mess. Um, I. I don't know what your your team is up to here, Josh. I, are, is their record bad? I guess as DFS players, we've never. I, I don't pay attention to teams' records, right? I'm just looking yeah, at the, the. They have a good record, and like the they've played it in the afternoon the past two Sundays or whatever, and they've looked awful. And then Gallant yeah. just like blows everything up. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, these lines are kind of tough. Uh, Zvanjad, Panarin, and Kako. That I think that's looks like to me the most complete stack. Um, but if they're going this rogue with the line combos, this is another one of those situations where Islanders are a decent defensive team, uh, or at least they have been in the past. I don't know about this season. Um, you know, if they go up 1-0 after the first period, your stack might be completely dead. Uh, maybe they go back to Zabanjad, Kreider, and, and Kako. Uh, that would be a line I'd be really interested in playing tonight, um, but it, it's just – they're not going to start out that way. So I can't really stack them like that unless you're just going full power play stack. Panarin's bad. Ed Kreider. Don't hate that. Uh, second line doesn't interest me much as a full stack. Third line doesn't interest me much as a, as a full stack. And then on the Islander side, 
they like these lines aren't even confirmed. They didn't skate this morning unless the coach said something about, yeah, we're going with what we went with in the end of the third period last night. Uh, these are just guesses that we're going with. So Lee Nelson and Barzell, there's your double center line. If it is, if it even is that at warmups, I could see them going back to Barzell, uh, Bailey and Wallstrom again. I, I could see Wallstrom getting healthy scratched. I could see Josh Bailey getting healthy. Like you just don't know what it's going to look like. Luckily this game is a seven Eastern start time when the slate locks and you guys will be on live before lock tonight to, to kind of break it down for people. So that's, if you're playing any Islanders tonight, you should tune in if you don't want to grind the, the Twitter news yourself, because Cliffy and Josh will be live to, to kind of break down any last minute line situations for guys that get scratched unexpectedly. Uh, I will be tuning in for sure to see if I, if I have any Islanders. Uh, I, I'm not super interested in them right now. It would just be spots where I need to get more stacks of Tampa Bay or, you know, whatever your, your top team is tonight. Maybe Seattle, Wenberg, uh, you're going to get more Wenberg. You play some Islander stacks. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, th this game is just kind of a mess for a pretty decent total. Yeah. And uh, as Jake mentioned, we are on live before lock today at six, but if we don't get a move on, this show is going to bleed right into like live before yeah, lock. But Cliffy, if the, if the top line for the Islanders is Lee Nelson Barzell, do you have any interest in that despite them going into Igor? Um, not really. Um, one thing I, I mentioned is Anders Lee's shot rate has really uh, declined at five on five. Um, when you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Five on five and the power play or the power play, I forget which it is. So far this season, like he just hasn't looked like the same player um, since he had his knee surgery. I think it was back in the spring of 2021. Uh, Matt Barzal still hasn't scored this year. Like he's just <laughs> playmaking, um, which is kind of a concern for upside uh, in DFS, especially when you're facing Igor Shesterkin. Um, honestly, I think what I'd like the most out of this game is a two man of Heedle and Kreider. Um, I, I know that feels weird to say, but all of Kreider's problem this year is, is almost all shooting percentage related, right? Like that's, I think that's why you're seeing the mix up of the lines here is, um, you know, Mika Zibanejad, zero goals at five on five. I think Chris Kreider sh um, shooting like 8%, which is less than half of what he shot in the three years uh, average be um, before that. Um, and I think they kind of want to get Heedle going as well. Uh, he's, you know, he was injured. He looked good at the start of the year, then got injured. Maybe he has some nagging injuries, but Heedle and Kreider have played pretty well together in a small-ish sample going back a couple of years. Three and a half expected goals generated, 4.1 actual goals. 
Um, assuming the Islanders finish, uh, start the game the way they finished last night, they're going to be going into a line of Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Bailey, and Oliver Wallstrom, perhaps, possibly. Oof. Like, even if, yeah, even if Wallstrom's not there, even if they move somebody like Palmieri or something down that line, it doesn't look very good to me. Like, going against whatever third line for the Islanders is that's going to be uh, seems pretty tantalizing. Um, like you guys said, not really a great power play spot. Um, Islanders have an excellent penalty kill. Uh, don't take uh, very many, many penalties either, well below uh, league average in that regard. So I don't think you have to focus on Zibanejad and Panarin and those and Fox here tonight. I think you kind of have to look more at the five on five matchup, especially with Ilya Sorokin not starting. Like going down to Varlamov uh, is a huge downgrade in net. And the Islanders aren't really a great defensive team. Uh, so, you know, you get middle of the roster matchups for what is a pretty good duo in Heedle and Kreider. I really don't mind that two-man here tonight. Yeah, I, I kind of like them too. I Like, I don't like these lines, but if I'm going to play any Rangers, I'm hoping they stay together for the whole game. Uh, moving to the blue line, not too much interest for me on the Islanders side. Cliffy on the Rangers side. You just said you're not prioritizing Fox. Does that mean you're prioritizing Jacob Truba here? Uh, I'm just not really prioritizing a lot of defensemen uh, in this game period. Like, I think Fox, his price on FanDuel is pretty good. Um, I think it's in the low sixes. So I really, you know, I don't mind him on FanDuel um, at that price. Uh, this isn't really a game where, I'm, where I feel like you have to run out and play any of the defensemen that are playing. Um I think the one guy that would be kind of an interest on the Rangers side, he's getting expensive, but it'd be Keandre Miller. Just um, we kind of have to see um, how the Rangers lineup shakes out because Ryan Lindgren may not play tonight. And if he doesn't play, that could be a lot more minutes uh, for Miller. So we'll have to see what happens there at warm up. The only guy that's really sticking out to me uh, on DraftKings is Adam Pellick. Um Played 23 minutes last night. Uh, can definitely get the block bonus on DK. Not super expensive at 3,200. So he's probably one of the few defensemen that I'm targeting out of this game. Anything to add, Jake? Pulak, 4,100. I always get a decent amount of him, but it's not a play that I'm in love with. It's 2% ownership right now. I think that's fair for him in this spot. Yep. So let's, uh, before we move on to the next game, we have a $1.99 super chat from M. Haas. 17 our boy Matty Nihas do I need to say it that's what he said which means he's talking about his blues uh so let's get to his blues the St. Louis Blues have a 3.0 total heading into Philadelphia the Flyers have a 2.9 total um they the Blues played last night they actually didn't look too bad for most of the game just kind of got out of hand at the end there so it's probably going to be Tomas Grice for the Blues and Carter Hart, who has been unstoppable to start this season for the Flyers. He's 7,300. He's going to be a popular target here. Jake, I'm going to start with you. I see the top line of the Flyers coming in around 9% right now, and I know they play 20 minutes a night. They, they're on the ice for a ton of minutes here, and I know the Blues have had their issues. Grice and Nett tonight which, you know, I don't know. That's probably not even a downgrade from Bennington. I've been on the Bennington hate train for a long, long time. But my question to you is, I'm not thrilled about the Flyers' top line here, but they are getting a back-to-back -back team on the road. 
the ownership might be scaring me away a little bit. What are you doing with the Flyers top line? Yeah, uh, that is pretty popular for a bad team with a 2.9 total at home. I know they account for a lot of that scoring. Uh, you know, if you project this, if you simulate this game, like what the top stack tool does thousands of times. So I understand like, you know, they're, they're good value or they're okay value and they're at home. Uh, but I, I'm not going to get to eight or 9% of Philadelphia one, if they stick around there for ownership, maybe be half of that. Maybe I end up Xing them out. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but they're, they're really just a filler for me. If I get to them a couple times out of my hundred or 150 lineups, that's fine. Uh, I really like the St. Louis side and specifically St. Louis two. And I see you guys both nodding. So, uh, yeah, the, the Buchnevich, uh, Thomas Tarasenko line fully correlated top power play. Uh, this is one of those lines where we're still early in the season. We have a good sample of them being good this season. We have a good sample of them being good last season. Yes, it is a road back to back on the road against Boston is a little bit different than on the road against Philadelphia. Carter Hart is, you know, he's overdue for a bad game. He's not going to keep it up to this extent, but if he does have a bad game, this one I think could get pretty ugly if this uh, St. Louis two line is cooking. So they're going to come up from that 3% that we have Matt right now. I'm going to guess they're like six or seven by the time uh, we get to lock, but yeah, I'm all over St. Louis two here. Yeah. And I'll get to Cliff in a second. I see, everyone just flaming Jake for doing the show in his closet. It's not a closet. I know he upgraded to a mini fridge in there and we all know that there is a ton of white claws in there. So let's, let's ease up on the Jake hate with the mini fridge. He's got, there, yeah, he's got yeah there's, there's, there's white claws. There's uh, sparkling waters. I think I got some Gatorades in there. One of these days, maybe next time I come on the show, we can do a little uh, fridge reveal and you can, you can see what's in there. Yeah. Probably some light beers or something. The next time you come on your show, I'll probably have an AARP card, but that is for another time. Let's get to Cliffy here. You, you said, I saw Cliffy nodding his head. He also likes St. Louis too. Is that your favorite line from this game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing with that St. Louis second line so far this year, has just been a little bit of injury, right? Um, Pavel Buchnevich um, has missed about half the year so far. Um, Robert Thomas has been playing got a couple games down on the third line, I think, because their third line kept getting caved in night after night. They tried spreading everything out. Um, that didn't work. Uh, so you're, they're going to be going into, I mean, it doesn't really matter which Flyers line they're going into. Like, I know we like to talk about line matching and it, it does matter a little bit, but I don't think it really matters uh, whether you match up against Joel Fairby and Wade Allison or Owen Tippett and Travis Konechny. Like, let's be real honest about that. I think Scott Lawton's a decent defensive center, but he's not good enough to make up for, for um, let's say, the lacking defensively wingers that he has. Um, and that St. Louis second line, we saw them be absolutely dynamic last year. They scored like over five goals per 60 minutes, uh, generating north of three expected goals per 60 minutes. They are really, really good. Um, you know, we saw, we've seen them come in with much higher prices than what they have as well. Um, and our, like, you know, Jake kind of mentioned it, our top stacks tool, they're coming in at two to 3% ownership uh, over on DraftKings um, on FanDuel a lot higher where the price, you know, they're really cheap on FanDuel here tonight, but at least on DraftKings um, where people are going to have to make a decision about a lot of those mid price lines. I think this is a spot to go to 
against a really bad Flyers um, top six, really bad defensively uh, Flyers top six. The one thing that bothers me, St. Louis doesn't draw a lot of power plays. Like you'd want to take advantage of this, of this Flyers penalty kill. They don't draw very many. So, you know, I probably won't go ham on them here tonight, but um, yeah, considering uh, the ownership here, considering what we've seen them do um, last year, even this year, like 2.9 goals for per 60 minutes isn't bad. Um, I think that's above league average. It's just not what we saw from them last year. Um, all it takes is one game uh, and they're right back to where they were. Um, I do like St. Louis too here. <laughs> just to touch on the Flyers real quick. St. Louis is taking the fewest penalties of any team in the league, only 2.3 times shorthanded per game. If the Flyers only get a couple power play opportunities here, I know the St. Louis penalty kill isn't great, but I think that's another reason to kind of stay away from what could be a pretty heavily owned Flyers top line. Yeah, I just, you know, it's always the question of the Carter Hart situation. I, I do believe Carter Hart is a very good goalie. Do I believe he's going to continue saving everything in his path the whole season? No. And I think this is a good spot to take that bet on St. Louis too, because that, you know, they're back to back on the road. Carter Hart's going to be popular. You know, that's not really how leverage works in, you know, NHL DFS, but I, I don't mind taking shots on St. Louis too here. So let's move to the blue line here. The good news is if you're using St. Louis too, Tory Krug is the power play quarterback at 4,200. Justin Falk is running the other unit, and he's 7,200, which is a scene. I am never going to play Justin Falk at 7,200. I think he's fine in a nutshell, but back-to-back on the road, 7,200 is going to be a big no for me. On the flyer side, like you said, the Blues don't take many penalties, so Tony D, probably not the guy for me. It would probably be Ivan Provorov or Travis Sanheim Anything else piquing your interest there, Mr. Cliffy? Uh, no, Sanheim was kind of the only punty type player. I will mention Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, he's a guy that can block a lot of shots. He's been god-awful this year. Uh, but, you know, uh, min price on DraftKings, if you need a super punt, I think Ristolainen's fine. But, yeah, I, yeah. I think I'd almost try to find another $700 to play Travis Sanheim. Anything to add to that, Jake? No, all good. Krug is an add-on. Uh, wouldn't play him as a one-off. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> um, college basketball is back, and we have you covered. Mac- with Macajeski's, I hope I said that right. It is very hard to say that, but I think I did. Industry-leading college basketball DFS package, and we've got a deal to kick the season off. It's just $1 for your first week of uh, college basketball DFS with promo code CBB is back. That's a much better promo code than the last one. Just saying. Or click the link in the description. Click the description of the show. You see the link. That's a saving of over 90% of the regular weekly price for college basketball. And included, you get projected fantasy points for every slate, player usage data, and export expert Discord chat. I will say Matt Gajeski, one of the sharper employees we have here. I watch his Sunday morning NFL shows, but college basketball, he is excellent as well. So let's move on to the next game of the night. This is a sneaky festival. We have the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.7 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 3.3 total. Jake Allen against Billy Huso. Now, Red Wings going with Pia Suter, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, second line of Dominic Kubalik, Andrew Kopp, David Perron. 
on the Canadian side, it looks like it is the top line is at least status quo. And that is the important one for DFS. Cliffy, I'm going to start with you. I see no, almost no ownership on the Canadians top line here. And since Kirby doc has moved up to that top line, they've played very well together. And Kirby doc has not looked like a fish out of water offensively either. Um, I honestly think, like, looking at the ownership on the Detroit second line, I honestly think that Montreal won is my favorite play in this game. Yeah, I really, I you know, I, I hate saying it as a Montreal fan, but I do like the Montreal top line here tonight. I will say not so much on FanDuel. They're over 22000 on oh. FanDuel, I believe. Um, they're more expensive than the Toronto top line tonight, which is just absolutely wild to me, but... Um, just talking about the Montreal top line. Yeah, they have been better with Kirby Doc, um, especially defensively. The problem with the Montreal top line at times is they really get hemmed in their zone because they aren't, you know, Suzuki and Caulfield aren't very good defensively, um, at least not together. Uh, and Kirby Doc's kind of helped remedy that. So, you know, the less time you spend in your zone, the more time you're going to be spending in the offensive zone. Um They've been, they've definitely been uh, sh shooting way too hot. Seven and a half goals per 60 minutes in their time together. Like that's way too high. But uh, Suzuki's, you know, sometimes up and down a nice time, but he's been 20 plus minutes in three straight. These guys all play the same power play together. Um, not that the Montreal power play is necessarily great either. Um, but more than anything, they're going to get that Detroit second line um, with uh, Andrew Kopp and David Perron. And that line just hasn't been good defensively this year. Um, you know, just Cop and Perron together around three expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's pretty bad defensively. Cop and Kubelik um, have similarly bad defensive numbers. So I can't imagine that line as, as a trio is going to be very good. Um, so that's a pretty plus matchup for that Montreal top line. And where they're coming in with absolutely no ownership, like they might come in under 1% as a trio here tonight. Um, yeah, I do like Montreal one the most out of this game. Uh, I think Detroit one is fine to play, but man, Pia Suda there just kind of sticks, sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, um, I really wish they had moved somebody like Perron or Kubelik up to the top line instead. Um, you know, Detroit's coming in with a lot of ownership, particularly that second line. Um, so if you want to fade the ownership and go with a better leverage play, um, I think it's Montreal one here tonight um they're they're getting a little bit expensive but I, I still think they're perfectly fine what do you think jake yeah I, i'm definitely looking at this ownership i'm going to be on the montreal side more relative to their ownership basically nothing on you know the, the road team here detroit the home team 15 percent no 13 i guess in total percent ownership on detroit too so that's going to be a pass from me there's no way i get to 15 percent like you said, Cliffy, they just haven't been good at generating. They've been poor defensively and they're going to be chalk. So, or at least a popular filler, I think at, at the very least because of the 3.3 total. So I would go to Detroit one. If I'm going to Detroit, I will throw out uh, Montreal two as well. All the similar situation. They don't all play in the top power play together. They play in the second unit. You don't love stacking second power play units, but. Uh, they're going to be on the ice together the entire game, Hoffman, Dvorak, and Gallagher. And they're coming in at under 1% as well. One thing I'll add is the Montreal penalty kill is abysmal. So if you want to go to Detroit 1 for the, the lower ownership compared to Detroit 2, you leave off Pia Suter, add in the Kubelik, 
add in the David Perron for some power play correlation and just have at it there. You know, Montreal is going through it defensively. Um, so I think, you know, power play stack, do, doing some sort of Detroit power play stack is a nice way to get a bit different. Moving to the blue line, Maurice Cedar back on the top power play unit for Detroit. He's garnering a boatload of ownership here, but for what he does at 5,100, I think he's fine. Outside of that, like there just isn't much that I want to play on either side. Anyone else uh, you want to play, Jake? Oh, sorry, taking a sip of your. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, no, I, so yeah, cider. Is it cider or cedar? I can never remember. Cedar, like the cedar. Cedar. Okay, yeah. Uh, so cedar, uh, fifty-one hundred. I like him as a one-off, a decent amount. Uh, I think he's going to be played in a lot of Detroit one and Detroit two stacks. You get two guys uh, from the top power play um, on both of those lines. So whichever line you go with, you like people are going to just see the fifty-one hundred dollar guy. Uh, with, with decent peripherals and want to throw him in there. So I like using him, him as a one-off. Uh, you know, you hope he scores a goal or gets the, the combo meal and maybe Detroit's top two lines stay quiet. Uh, Cliffy, your boy Arbor, I forget his last name. It goes XH, and that's just a festival for me. You have any interest in him running the top power play unit at 2,800? Um, I think he only played like 13 or 14 minutes last game. I actually found out it's pronounced Jack high, like Jack high almost. I will just go with it. All right. Um, Montreal basically went the four defensemen when they brought back, um, uh, Joel Edmondson. And one of those four defensemen was not Jack high. Um, so, you know, I'd probably be going back, uh, to like a Gooley or a Harris, but I'm going to be honest. I don't like the Montreal defenseman in this game. It's Cedar that I like a lot. Uh, more minutes now that he's back on the top power play. Um, his peripherals are really, really good. Um, I'll just also throw out Philip Hronick. Um, he's seen a pretty big price drop on DK since being moved from the top power play unit. I think he makes a decent pivot away from a Cedar who could be like 20% owned tonight and Hronick would probably be in the low single digits. Yeah, man, these three-man boxes are just so bad for my face. I have such a big head. Anyway, I'm like Heed from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Let's move on to the next one. Edmonton Oilers with a 2.9 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.7. I think this is the first time since I've been on the show that the Oilers have under a three-point total. Um, and this is the third season that I've been doing these shows. I honestly believe this is the first time the Edmonton total has been under three, as long as, you know, McDavid's healthy. Um, this is an interesting game because Edmonton is back-to-back on the road. Uh, so it's probably going to be Jack Campbell against Andre Vasilevsky. Both of these teams have issues on the penalty kill. Both of these teams have very good power play units. You'd almost never see Connor McDavid get low ownership here. Cliffy, I know they're back-to-back on the road with a semi-low total for them, but 4% Connor McDavid going up against, I know it's Vasilevsky, but their penalty kill hasn't been great. Do you have any interest on the Edmonton side here? I mean, I have interest in both sides here, um, particularly the Tampa top line. I will start with Edmonton. Your point about the penalty kill is a good one. Tampa Bay, their expected goals against, um, it's near the bottom of the league. I think they're 29th. Now, the actual goals against are better, but still only in the middle of the league at about uh, seven and a half goals against per 60 minutes, which isn't that great. 
Um, they're above average by time shorthanded so far this season. So, you know, Edmonton could end up drawing a decent amount of power plays here. Like Edmonton does draw an above average amount of power plays as it is. Like a few years ago, I was just talking um, DFS with another DFS player. And he told me basically anytime Connor McDavid is on the road, he's going to come in uh, with lower ownership than he usually does. Um, and he'll be in a good lever spot here tonight and to always play him um, just because he provides, he provides such good upside and such leverage uh, on a slate this big. Like it's going to be hard for me to get away from playing some sort of Edmonton power play stack. Now, obviously the prices on these Edmonton guys have really like Zach Hyman, 7,200. I never thought I'd live to see the day. Um, so it is tough to fit in uh, some of the Edmonton guys. Um, you know, Ryan McLeod got moved up to the top line with um, Connor McDavid uh, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins last night. So maybe there are um, cheap third wheels that we can use. Um, but where it's such a large slate and there are, you know, different ways, um, you know, are different spots to go get low on lines. I think taking a real hard look at an Edmonton power play stack is pretty important here because you're right. Um, there's really not a lot of ownership, uh, coming in, um, on these players. Uh, you know, McDavid looks to be at about 4% on our last ownership run. Uh, a lot of guys in the one, 2% range, like, you can get Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Evander Kane, you know, these guys, these really high upside guys at two, 3%, even, you know, on a road back to back, I think you have to take that chance. So I'm definitely going to be considering Edmonton power play. And on the other side, it's the Tampa top line. Um, they're coming in with positive leverage as well uh, in this game. They've been really, really good so far this year. 3.3 uh, expected goals. Uh, per 60 minutes, 3.9 actual goals. Uh, Kucherov often over 22 minutes a night, uh, point a little bit less, but still pretty heavy. And, Emmett, you know, Edmonton's penalty kill is bad. Tampa draws a lot of power plays, the third most in the league, and the Oilers give up a lot of uh, power plays as well. Um, second most time shorthanded. So Tampa won actually one of my favorite uh, lines on the entire slate and honestly I don't like game stacking on a slate this big if there is a spot that I was going to game stack it would be this one there are expensive players but there might be some cheap third wheels that we can fit in so I really do like uh, Tampa top line here as well <clears throat> Cliffy yeah. what do you think these lines are going to stay the same these Edmonton lines I know they, they cycled in so they had at, I was watching the game and then I looked at natural stat trick just to see what line combos they were going with and it was, they started out McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Pugliarvi for most of the game. And then, you know, it was a, it was a close one. They were chasing. And I saw McDavid and Dreisel out there with Devin Shore. I saw them out there with Ryan McLeod at one point. Is that, is that a concern at all? Or are you just relying on the power play here? I, I would mostly rely on the power play. I think it could work out well, as long as you leave uh, the, uh, you know, if you do go like McDavid and McLeod, let's say, because McLeod played the last three or four shifts of the game with McDavid, just make sure obviously that one of them is in the utility um, because uh, Pugliarvi and Fogel are both 2,500, the same price um, as Ryan McLeod on DK. So as long as they're in the utility and you have to make a swap, you're probably going to be able to do it. So I would just, just pay attention to your roster construction when playing them. That's all. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. Because I think Pugliarvi is kind of the way that you, if you wanted to get to a game stack with all these expensive pieces, he would be the guy. You stack him with uh, McDavid, and then Dreisaitl or, or Evander Kane. So you're getting at least two guys on that top power play and then uh, two guys at even strength is, is how I like to do it if I'm doing some sort of broken Edmonton stack because this could be one of those slates where we look back tomorrow morning and we're like, why, why didn't we play 5% owned Connor McDavid? Uh, it's not a 15-game slate. It's 11-game slate. So we've seen him in seemingly bad spots. And I think this is – pretty bad spot going up against that Tampa top line or even that second line uh, is a really tough five on five spot, but it's the best player in the world. Uh, he's got quality line mates. They've got an amazing power play and low ownership. So I agree the power play stack or, or mixing in pull RV in there and then watching the line, uh, the line combos at warmups and just going with w- whatever it is, whether it's McLeod or pull RV uh, at, I guess they'll start skating at around seven o'clock Eastern um, <clears throat> Tampa one agreed. One of my favorite stacks on the slate. I will say, I don't love game stacks. I don't love forcing any game stacks. If I get to it naturally and, and it fits, uh, that's fine. But, um, I probably won't have really any game stacks tonight, but that's just a personal preference. Yeah. Tampa one for me as well. I was a bit surprised to see how high Tampa two ownership was here with their broken power play correlation and, you know, Nick Paul, not on the power play at all. I got burned the other night. I, I used Stamkos instead of Hagel, and Hagel had a three-point night. But, you know, I think you're kind of priced out of that with Stamkos being AK now and Kucherov in the AKs as well. So I think just going full Tampa one is probably the best option from this game. But, yeah, it always worries me when Connor McDavid is coming in a low ownership because, like you just said, tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and go, we're all idiots after yeah. he had like a five-point night. Yep. On the I blue mean, line here, uh, Victor Hedman, 7,100, running the top power play unit is the guy for me. Um, Tyson Berry runs the Edmonton power play. I, I'm not a huge fan of using him. There just isn't much on the Edmonton side that I'd want to play, maybe like a Cody CC punt or an Evan Bouchard. Like Nurse is fine, but his minutes have been a bit wonky. Like I want to see Nurse around 27 minutes. He's been playing like 22 to 24 at times which still is a lot, but it's a bit worrisome. Jake, anyone else really besides Hedman? No, I think it's just Hedman for me. Uh, I mean, if you want to play someone that's not Tyson Berry, Bouchard is $100 more. So that would be a guy who he actually shoots. He's not just reliant on getting power play assists like Tyson Berry. He's going to probably play more minutes than Tyson Berry. Um, so that would be the, the easy pivot if you don't want 
uh, a bad player that's just in a good situation, like Tyson Berry, still a bad player. I can't remember who uh, coined that that term, that phrase, but I really like it. That's I was, I was up for my who was it? I can't remember who it was, but oh. uh, I always have to remind myself when I'm when I'm clicking in these dusty uh, forwards like that. Cliffy, anything to add for defenseman? Uh, no, I'll just mention um, even with Hedman back, uh, Mikhail Sergachev has still been playing 24 minutes. I know his price on DK is still uh, super expensive, so it could be a pass, and it's still expensive on FanDuel as well, but. Uh, considerably less ownership, still playing a lot of minutes. I'm, I'd, I'd rather play Hedman, but just kind of want to point out that he's still playing a lot. Okay. Next one seems important according to the chat, and I kind of agree with them here. Dallas Stars with a 3.1 total heading into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 2.9. How come the most important games are always six over-unders? Like, I feel like that isn't like a trend. I don't know what it is. Scott Wedgwood against Connor Hellebuck. Looks like Mason Appleton still on the top line with Connor and Shifley, Cole Perfidi, Pierre Locke Dubois, Blake Wheeler on the star side, top line the same, second line, you know, Dennis Kurianov kind of is there and, until he isn't. Cliffy, <sighs> not too much ownership on the – I mean, there is some ownership on the Dallas top line here, but, you know, 5 6% for them, not anything extraneous. The Jets side, we have the flow chart. It has seen some wear and tear already this season. Might have to get a new cover sheet here. Uh, this is a pretty good spot for them with Wedgwood in net. And you don't see them overly chalky here tonight. So what are you doing with Winnipeg? Yeah. Um, the way Winnipeg runs their lines, Shifley, Connor, and Appleton will not see much of that Dallas top line. And I think that's important to note because that Dallas top line is legitimately one of the best lines in the league at both ends, both offensively and defensively, but their second and third lines, not so much. In fact, both the second and third lines have been below average defensively so far this season. And those are the lines that Winnipeg's going to see a lot of. And, you know, trust me, I've made fun of Mason Appleton a lot and he does not belong in that top line. But what I will say is that as they've started to play more together, they started to look better offensively, at least, their expected goals numbers are now well above average, which feels weird to say considering how poorly that trio started the season. Um, Kyle Connor at 5,900 on DK. Like if this guy's shooting 13% instead of well, like, I think he's shooting 4% or something like that so far this season. Um, he, you know, he's a 7,500 or $8,000 winger. Um, I do like that Winnipeg top line here in this matchup. Wedgwood is a downgrade from Ottinger. Um, like I said, I think Connor's really cheap. That line's starting to play better. And Dallas is the most penalized team in the league so far this season. Um, the penalty kill is not really that great either. Um, the goaltending's kind of saved them, Ottinger um, specifically at times. But if you're going to give this Winnipeg team, you know, five power plays or something like that tonight, plus we know all the minutes that they're going to play. Kyle Connor loves to shoot. I honestly don't mind Winnipeg one here tonight. Um, I would – you know, yeah, leave Appleton, take him off, do what you want there. But I think at the very least, Shifley and Connor uh, make a nice line. On the flip side, uh, I do like the Dallas top line here tonight. Um, they're they're going to get the second and third lines from Winnipeg um, in 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 matchups, and you know neither of those are very good defensively. 
the only pro- there's two problems. One, we always bring it up. Dallas doesn't play them a lot of minutes, so they have to be really efficient with the minutes that they do play. And then there's Connor Hellebuck. He's just been an absolute nightmare uh, for opposing teams so far this season. So I do like the Dallas top line. Um, I wrote them up in the power plays article. Uh, they're absolutely in consideration uh, for me here tonight. Um, I just, I think I kind of like the Winnipeg top line in a nutshell uh, a little bit better um, just because of the depth matchups and because of, you know, they could see a ton of power play time here tonight. Agreed. Uh, Jake, what side do you like better in this game? I like Dallas one better, but I, I actually do agree with Cliffy. I, I'm a Winnipeg one hater, but I actually think you can five on five stack them. I mean, Connor's just one of the more underpriced players. There's not a lot of, you know, bad prices tonight on DK. I think they did a pretty good job with pricing. If you like tighter pricing, uh, he's one there. He, he's probably like $1,500 too cheap. So I think the stack is fine. You can easily go, if you don't want to play Appleton, if you don't want to play the third wheel, you want to get a little different, you know, Connor Shifley and Dubois, top power play. Uh, three legitimate players uh, all getting, you know, all very involved on the power play. Stack them up with Morrissey if you'd like. Uh, I did not know Dallas was one of the more penalized teams in the league. But like, in seasons past, they they haven't been. So that is surprising to hear, but you know, it makes me like the Winnipeg power play, uh, power play one stack a little bit more. No one runs hotter on the empty net than Winnipeg won. There is no data to back that up, but that team always scores on the empty net. That oh, line I, I, I remember seeing last year that the three years prior, it was Wheeler, Connor, and Shifley had scored more empty net goals than any other team's trio. So there is there data go. to back that up. Yeah, there you go. It just, yeah. That's how the flow chart got created because we just got mad about it. Anyway, moving to the blue line, uh, Mira Haskin and up to 5,700. I still think he's fine in Dallas one stacks. Um, Esselandell, 3,100, I think is fine. Connor or Colin Miller, 3,500 is okay, but not super exciting there. And I hate that Josh Morrissey somehow has hung on to his power play one designation for the past three seasons. I wish it was Neil Pionk, but I guess Morrissey's fine. Nate Schmidt also fine. Anyone else to add there, Cliffy? Uh, uh, one sub 3k guy I'm considering is Brendan Dillon on DraftKings. That's honestly about it for this from this game for me. Uh, not a game where I'm really excited about the demon. Okay. Agreed. Yep. Nothing bad. Don't forget to take advantage of the risk free bet MGM offer. Free bet up to $1,000 in two months of stochastic platinum for free. Just click the link in the description or Harry Carey might yell at you. Hi. You might make an appearance tonight. We don't know yet. I might have some caffeine in between shows. Look out. Anyway, we got two games left. We probably should get to him. Jake has missed 69 meetings and huddles. I'm sure he's like seven hours behind on his work. Nashville with a 2.9 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.1 total. UC Saros, Martin Jones, <laughs> Senor Fiesta, Party Marty Jones. Looks like we got some confirmation on the Preds lines, which is nice because we haven't and they switched them up in the third period of their last game. It's going to be Forsberg, Granlund, Duchesne, Niederreiter, Rijo, Sanford, Seattle, Burkowski, Wenberg, Yorkstrand, Schwartz, Beniers, Eberle. Not too much ownership on uh, Nashville 1 here. I, they just haven't been great. That being said, Martin Jones doesn't inspire confidence. 
Seattle has been pretty good defensively. It's just the goaltending has been the question. Jake, are you getting – I know you're getting at least 80% Yossi. Like, that is just contractually in your contract. But, like, are you getting to Nashville 1 here tonight? I don't think I am. I'm a little surprised they're not a higher uh, higher in our projected ownership. Um, under 3%. I figured they would be a little bit higher. Maybe they will be. Uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think because we got line com, we got line confirmation. People were maybe like, hmm, maybe, but yeah. now that, yeah, and I mean, Granlin projects pretty poorly, but he's the the cheapest guy and he's power play one, so I think people will be fine throwing him in. I don't love Nashville one in a vacuum at three percent. They're they're okay if you want to throw in them with Yossi, sure. Uh, I really like the Seattle side. So Josh, you mentioned. Nashville one hasn't played very well. They played a little bit better offensively. Defensively, though, I'm seeing almost three expected goals against per 60. Uh, and both of the top two lines for Seattle have been really awesome offensively. Especially, I want to point out the, the Wenberg line. This is not a bit. Uh, Wenberg is, yeah. he's, I think Cliffy's called him a good playmaker. He just never shoots. And so that's fine. You'll take the, the three assists. He's no Yori Latero. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know about that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I really like Seattle 1, the Weinberg line. I like Seattle 2 a lot. I think that's probably going to be the one that is higher owned because of the the fancy power play 1 tags on Schwartz, Veneers, and Eberle. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be heavy on both of the top two Seattle lines. I like that they have a good total but not a great one. And, you know, they project as good values but not great. They might get a little bit lost in the shuffle here tonight. Yeah, and the one thing that does worry me is UC Soros. But again, like Nashville, once you get past that Yossi pairing, even with Yossi on the ice, they're like they're not great defensively. Soros has bailed them out a bunch. Soros can only do so much. Predator is pretty bad on the PK. So I know you like Seattle one, Jake. Any interest in Seattle two there, Cliffy? Um, I um I agree. I've interest in both lines, but I agree on the Wember Burakovsky Bjorkstrand line. Um, they're going to face off against what's not a great defensive uh, Nashville top line. Um, you know, Bjorkstrand and uh, Burakovsky has been scoring a little bit. Bjorkstrand still stink bit. It just feels like eventually he's just going to have just a huge monster game and it, all the regression is going to come at once. So Wember Bjorkstrand, Burakovsky for me, 3.2 expected goals so far this year. Um, the problem is, is, you know, they haven't been playing a ton. I got to think that's related to the inability to finish. Like if they start scoring, they're going to start playing more. So Wenberg, Bjorkshamp, Burakowski in a pretty good matchup against Nashville one. That's what I like the most from the Seattle side. Yeah. And going to the blue line here, there just isn't much. It's either going to be Yossi or done for me. Any, anyone else you like there, Cliffy? Uh, no. Well, I'll just mention Matias at home. On DK, I you know he's one of those guys that's priced uh, in the low threes, that I think is playable. Um, but like I'm not running out to play him. It's just you know if you have 3,300, just he's fine to put in. Yeah, and um, we know how much Roman Yossi Jake has, but another one of his little favorite sneaky plays is Carson Susi. How much Susi you get into? <laughs> I'm a Susi guy. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, I. I... I had stretches where I think he was playing a decent amount of minutes. No, I, he's min salary, so yeah. whatever. He might play like 17 minutes, 18 yeah. minutes. You're, you're probably not going to do a whole lot better tonight. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind the Susie call if he's if he's free. 
Yeah, it's just, it's it's just really Yossi or Dunn are the guys from this game. But if you do need mid price, like you might do worse than Carson Ceci. Let's get to the last game of the night, and it feels important. It, this is a late night hammer. You know, we talk about late games. This is actually a big old hammer. We have the Minnesota Wild with a 3.2 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings also have a 3.2 total. Marc-Andre Fleury is confirmed. I would imagine it's going to be Johnny Quick for the Kings. Both of these teams, penalty kill-wise, big mess. Kirill Kaprizov getting up there in price, 8,700. Matt Zuccarello, 7,500. I never thought I'd see Matt Zuccarello at 7,500, especially for his skill set where he doesn't shoot a ton. But every time they score a power play goal, it feels like he's involved. Jake, I'll start with you here. Um, from a full stack perspective, I think my preferred would be like the Joel Erickson Eck Matthew Boldy combo. That being said, because they're going to avoid Deneau more and Arvidsson, who is a pretty high event line. But both these teams' penalty kills to me scream power play stack so how are you handling this game yeah yeah i mean it's hard to pick just one here just one line because i think there's at least well there's probably five lines in play here for me as an mme player because i'm including la3 for sure you know you know i don't love third lines on huge slates but when one of your third liners is kevin fiala at 4200 revenge what's that revenge street for fiala tonight Uh, yeah yeah good point yeah that i mean you got to bump him up for that, give him a couple thumbs up in FC. He's playing with two guys that are uh, mid-salary, Kapari and Grundstrom. So it's a super cheap three-man if you want to do that or just make it a, a two-man. We talked about uh, some expensive spots, Tampa Bay, Edmonton. Uh, and you're going to need some cheap skaters. And I think LA3 is a good way to, to get some of those. A uh, little bit more expensive, LA2, one of my favorites on the night. I don't think we have to talk about them too much because it looks like the public's with them. That's one that I don't mind being overweight on. I know they're going to be one of the more popular fillers, but I don't really care. I think this game is going to be, at the very least, high event. So there's going to be stuff to like, whether it's skaters or if the goals aren't going in. Uh, the goalies, I think, are both in play, especially Flurry at 3% ownership for 7,600. LA is a team that attempts a ton of uh, a ton of shots, and if they're putting them on goal, Flurry's a good enough goalie still, where you could see like the 40, 43 save performance. And even if he gives up three goals, if his team wins. Uh, first of all, that means his team's scoring goals, uh, which means the stack is probably going off. Uh, and so I, I really like both sides here and correlating it with the goalies, uh, w- with whatever team you're going with. Yeah, and something Cliffy has mentioned a bunch is LA2 fully correlated on the second unit sees almost the same time on the power play as that top line. Now, that top line for the Kings coming in lower owned, uh, Cliffy, you, you going Kings one here? I don't mind Kings one here. Like, they are coming in with much less ownership. Uh, you know, they've been really good since Gabe Velarde jumped to that line. 4.1 expected goals generated, 2.7 actual goals. Like, they can ever – start shooting eight or nine percent instead of six percent like they're really going to start filling the net um i wonder how that second line for minnesota is going to hold up with jordan greenway playing his first game back and he's been in and out of the lineup with injuries all year so like it's how long can he last like considering the ownership i do like la1 a little bit more but at la2's price um i think it's pretty hard to ignore them so i think yeah i agree with jake they make a nice filler 
on the Minnesota side, I think I'd be, I'd be leaning more towards some sort of power play stack. Yes. Um, I, like I don't, I'm, don't want to play Freddie Godreau at 3,800. I don't think he, you know, Jordan Greenway mid price, I think is fine, but I'm, I think he'd be doing something like Kaprizov and Boldy or um, Kaprizov, Erickson, Eck and Boldy, or, you know, Kaprizov, Boldy, and even Kalen Addison, um, even though he's fairly expensive. Los Angeles just takes a, a lot of penalties. I think the fifth most in the league. So uh, Minnesota's uh, top power play has been great this year. Um, they should get a lot of chances here tonight. So I think it's Minnesota power play stack and LA one for me. Yep. I concur. Moving to the blue line, Kalen Addison power play quarterback for the wild. Not a lot of people like playing him. I like adding him in. If you aren't going to use Addison, I think Spurgeon and Brodeen quite all right. I think, you know, Brodeen might be the highest sound of the, the three, but you know, I probably go, if I'm power play stacking, I'm adding an Addison. Otherwise, I'm going Brodeen then Spurgeon on the Kings side. Drew Doughty, 4900. He's on the ice like half the game. Hasn't really done much with it, but that price is fine. Sean Dursey, if using LA two, is fine. Anyone else, Cliffy? No, that's about it. Uh, Dursey's seen some an ice time drop over his last few games, which is kind of worries me. But um, still a good power play spot. Still puts up good peripherals. So yeah, I don't mind him. Anything else to add there, Jakey Poo? uh just yeah i think Dursey's probably the guy i'm one-offing the most here um i don't i, I wouldn't one-off dowdy i would include him in my la1 stacks and and that's really about it uh Dursey, i think you can include him with la2 or play him by himself you know i'm not as concerned guys with good peripherals like yeah there's gonna be some games where Dursey plays like 16 minutes and it's gonna be frustrating but there's also gonna be games where he plays 22 minutes and he's live for one or or both of the bonuses so those are guys that i'm just kind of in on when they're priced like that and you just take the good with the bad i guess yeah and uh before we get out of here remember we're sponsored by bet mgm and coming after coming up after us is more of us uh we have the nhl live before lock with cliffy and myself jake has to catch up on his work we appreciate him coming on a lot uh this three-man show was a lot of fun even though uh, my head. Anyway, goalies and hat trick picks. Uh, Jake, who are you liking in that tonight? Yeah, so I mentioned uh, Flurry. I think he, you know, if you're one offing or if you're playing a Minnesota stack, I really, really like Marc Andre Flurry. Uh, just be prepared that that one could get out of hand quickly with if LA is going on a bunch of power plays. Uh, just as a general strategy for goalies for on DraftKings, you want guys that are going to see volume. And I think both guys in that game. Our candidates for that. Uh, let's see. I saw Carter Hart's ownership is really high. I don't actually love that, even at 7,300. Um, other guys, I'm, I'm scrolling up a little bit here. Any Varlamov for you guys? 6,800. Is that price right? That price is right. Yeah. I just, maybe. It's, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty ugly, but just because we don't know what's going on with the Rangers lines, maybe they struggle out of the gate. And then, you know, you could you could see 35, 40 saves. Yeah, it's not a great Talbot, maybe. I, I think if I'm spending down, like not like if I want to take a stab, it's going to be Jake Allen at 7,100 before I get to uh, Vlamov, it's 6,800. But that's just me. That That's fair. Cliffy? Um, I wrote up Vanacek in the power plays article, which I can't believe, um, but he's projecting pretty well. Um, he's leading, um, 
by projected saves in our projections so far. So uh, don't mind Vanacek. Uh, Logan Thompson, I think if you want a cheap-ish goalie um, on the road um, going into Toronto, I think, it, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to be rostering Logan Thompson against the Leafs. Um, he could see decent volume. He's played really well this year. Uh, Connor Hellebuck also has a pretty reasonable price at home uh, in that Dallas matchup. So Vanacek, Hellebuck, Thompson are really the guys that I'm looking at. Yeah, and I'll add in another punt. Like, Carol Vigmelka at 6,900. Like, he's a guy who can get you, like, 34 of 37 and get the – or 35 of 38, get the bonus and maybe hit value at 6,900. Don't mind him if you're taking a stab, if you're fading the Sabres. Spending up options, obviously, Igor is in play. But, you know, 8,500, don't really like investing a ton of money in goalie there. He has to get a shutout there for his upside. Same with Vili Husso at 8,400. Cliffy, who are you looking at as your hat trick pick of the night? He's going to break through tonight. I'm going with Kyle Connor. Jake? Oh, man. Uh, I will take Vladimir Tarasenko. Ooh. Yeah. I hope you're right. Josh, you got Bjorkstrand, I'm assuming? <laughs> no, uh, Junis Donskoy not in the lineup tonight, so I cannot <laughs> take him. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go Matt Boldy. I like it. For Jake, and thank you, Jake, for coming on. It was a lot of fun doing this three-man show for Cliffy. We have a producer today, Tyler, behind the sticks, probably fell asleep because the show almost went two hours. My bad. Um, We will be back at 6 p.m. Eastern for Live Before Lock. So check out that BetMGM deal. We love you as our sponsor. See you in Discord. Good luck, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.